Welcome to Fridays on the Fly. I'm Ward. We're creative people, the creative projects. Sometimes we talk about that, among other things. Be forewarned, sometimes content or language may be inappropriate for children. Another episode, another week. NaNoWriMo, still rolling. I've crossed the, um, you know, I'm well over, halfway. Storage going. And I talked about last week. I really don't have much more to say than what I said last week. What I do have to talk about is that I ran a 5K. Now, I don't run. I don't. Not short distance, not long distance. I just don't run. I think the last time I ran for any amount of distance was a 5K I did about 10 years ago. And when I did that one, I had my son. I think he might have been about two or so. I don't know. He's a little guy. He was small enough to fit on my shoulders. And I did the whole race with him on my shoulders. Now, my recollection was that I ran or at least jogged the entire thing. I still think that is true, but I'm a little bit out of shape because this 5K, I was not able to run or jog the whole thing. I did have to walk a few times. Uh, so that's a little disappointing. Like, my, I had two goals. One was to at least jog the whole thing. And the other was to finish, like, you know, top five in my age group. But I just could not run the whole thing. And probably it's type that I, I don't even know the last time I ran. And probably the last time I did a 5K, which was 10 years ago. So I was a little bit out of shape. Round is a shape, but not quite the shape we're looking for in this scenario. With that said, despite walking, I mean, it's not like I ran for a walk. Like I alternated. I'd walk for a little bit. And, uh, you know, just get to the point where like, I got I to gotta stop running. And then I'd walk. And then I'd run again. Once I kind of caught my breath. And I managed to finish second in my age group. Now, full disclosure, there were only two people in my age group. But with that said, uh, they broke the age groups. It wasn't like, you know, decades. Like they broke them down like three or four years at a time. I mean, there are a lot of different age groups. But I would have gotten second in many, many different age groups. You know, like a bunch of the 20 and 30 year old age groups, I would have been uh, second in many of those. So even if there were more people in my age group, very good chance I still would have finished uh, in second. And, you know, the fact is, even the people that didn't run, you know what, they're in my age group and they didn't run. So they didn't qualify, so I was still second. So I was very happy with that. And so the way the race, the end of the race, the finish line, you kind of turn a corner and you see the finish line. There's a timer. And so I turn that corner and I see the timer. And it says 39 minutes, 50 seconds. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I, I've got to run this. I've got to cross the finish line under 40 minutes. Like I got to be in the 30, 30 minute range, 39 minutes. And so I see that, make the decision. Like I run as fast as I can, which was quite a bit slower than how I started the race. But I managed to finish under 40. I don't even know what my time was. I know it was 39, 50 something, but I do know for a fact I finished sub 40. And I'm very happy about that. Because I, I did that with a bunch of family members and it was supposed to be like, oh, we're just going to walk it. It's just a, a family bonding, family, like family time thing. I'm just kind of competitive. Uh, you put me on a line and there's other people and it's, I mean, it's not a race, but it kind of is. I got to go for it. So I did go for it. And I passed a lot of people, like from the start, I passed a bunch of people at the start. Now, many of them passed me, uh, you know, not long after, but that's okay. I will say, you know, the first mile, I did pretty good. You know, I was passing people here and there. I was holding my own. Second mile is when things got a little tough. Uh, I did like, a, I think my first mile was 11 minutes. Uh, that's when I crossed mile one. I think I was at 26 or 27 when I crossed uh, second mile. And then I finished the whole thing at 39. So what does that break down to? Like 11 and then 15 and then 13? Could that be right? Yeah, that seems right. That second mile was a little bit slow, I guess. Uh, yeah, I had some realizations set in the second mile, man. I was like, man, I need to I need to exercise. But this whole thing, I mean, I, my legs, I've felt every muscle in my legs for a few days after the race. But it does make me want to do another 5K. I mean, it, it is, you know, I'm competitive. It is fun. Like, especially that, like that last mile, I was, you know, I was feeling it. But other people were feeling it, too. And I passed a lot of people in that last mile. And I have to say, like, the people that, like, noticeably younger than me, it was kind of exciting. It's like, you're half my age, man. You should be in much better shape than I am. Like, you can't even finish the thing? Come on, you know? 
Um, so there's a few people I was like, I've, you know, there are a few people I was I'm like catching on people. I was like, I gotta pass them. I gotta, gotta catch up. Gotta pass them. And I did. And that's fun. So I kind of want to do another 5k. I mean, I need some time. I need my, you know, my muscles to heal, but I do want to, it's good to be in shape. I actually need to be in better shape. And that was very clear. So uh, I don't know anything about it. So far, it seems like every 10 years. I don't know. It was fun. I, I would, I'd recommend it. Oh, you know, I didn't even mention the worst part of it. Uh, I finished the race. And so did this with a bunch of family members, extended family members. And after I finished the race, uh, I get called. Says so like, hey, I need you to come back. You know, like there are some family members, there's uh, a couple kids that, you know, one wanted to run and try to finish the race. And, you know, the adults just couldn't keep up with him. So I walk maybe a half mile back to catch up. And I catch up with him. And then he starts taking off running. And I'm supposed to be watching him. So it's like, I just finished this race. Now I've got to run to try and keep up with him. Uh, at a certain point, I did give up. I mean, I did run for a while. Um, I did keep him in my line of sight, but I gave up trying to keep up with him because, you know, he had been walking. Like, he had, he caught his breath. I'd finished the race and had a tough time doing then going back. It was tough, but, you know, it was a, like a test of will. I am still, you know, like, oh, no, I'm a little disappointed. I wasn't able to at least jog the whole thing. Uh, I think probably that was, like, trying to – I had at a very ambitious pace to begin. That probably didn't help. Uh, and, you know, there might be, like, a trick to breathing while you're running. I don't know. I mean, I was, like, trying to, like, keep an even keel – um, even paced breath, but I did cross my mind. Maybe there's a trick to this. Maybe that would help. Probably just comes down to I'm out of shape. I never run, so I don't have that endurance built up. But that's it, man. 5K. You know what? That's how it goes. And I mean that Nanorama. I mean that's it, man. Watching some movies still. Got to watch some. And I watched Blonde. This is a Netflix original. And I wasn't sure about Blonde just because it's rated NC-17. It seems like a bit much. I don't know if I want to get into a movie like that. I mean, like, why is it rated that? I kind of get why it's rated that. I mean, part of it. Almost seems like it's, you know, Netflix or whoever wanted that just to kind of market. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like crazy. Uh, but I, I do kind of see why it was probably rated that. But it, I get this is even billed as a fictionalized chronicle of Marilyn Monroe. But you still, like, she is a historical figure. She, figure she existed. Uh, and so it's just kind of weird. Like, you know, I found myself looking up, like, different things. Like, oh, was that true? Was that happening to this true? Like, what's, what's true and what's not? Because you don't really know watching. And so my problem with this movie is it's the way and the parts of her life that this fictionalizes. It objectifies her in a similar way to how the characters in the movie objectify her. And this movie not being factually accurate, it really amplifies and increases her pain and her trauma. And it makes her one-dimensional. You know, it didn't really, this doesn't really seem like, oh, this is a movie about Marilyn Monroe. This is a movie about Marilyn Monroe's trauma and pain and how she was treated, which was generally poorly. Uh, so just like the way this movie does this thing, I don't like that aspect. Artistically, this movie... It is stunning. It mixes color and grayscale, you know, for in the overall look. Uh, and I really like that. I mean, just like artistically awesome. It, look, it looks great. But the way this handles the subject matter, I don't like it at all. Because this movie, it's not about her. I mean, it claims to be, but it's not. This is, this, I mean, first of all, I just wanted to point out the, the adversity that women face. And it's kind of like amplifying that, like, you know, look how terrible it was for Marilyn Monroe back then. Uh, but like the way this goes into such graphic detail it makes the message I think this wants to impart just a bit disingenuous. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, objectifying women is bad. So we're going to show that to you by objectifying Marilyn Monroe. Well, if you're going to claim that's bad, you can't do it to make your point. Like, that's, I don't know. So that's my big guy. It really heaps on. I mean, everything it fictionalized and amplified, it just made things worse. It didn't make anything better. And it really, it just didn't really build up this character. And I, like, you could have really made her an interesting character, you know, like with what she dealt with, how she rose to fame. Like, I mean, it's a cool story there. And this doesn't care. Uh, would I recommend it? I mean, I don't know. It kind of depends because this is artistically like a really neat looking movie. Uh, you know, it goes like from color to black and white. I don't exactly know why. My guess would be 
probably those were the photos that like at the time, like, oh, this photo in black and white. So this movie's going to depict that sequence of her life in black and white. And this photo of her was in color. So it's going to depict it in color. I, I don't know if that's how this movie did it, but I would kind of guess so because it changes aspect ratio too, which I assume has to do with that. I also watch Don't Worry Darling. And so this, you've got, it's like period piece. You've got this husband and wife and they're in this utopian experimental community. And she begins to worry like, hey, something's up here. And so I really like what this movie wants to do. And the biggest problem I had with it is there's just been similar movies recently. And so I guessed kind of what was going on here very early. And that just caused this movie to drag. Because I'm like, I know, I know what's going on here. At least I think I do. And I'm waiting for the reel to let me know if I'm correct or not. And I was correct. Uh, so that didn't help. And then really you could cut 30 minutes out of this movie and it would only strengthen it. Like this movie is just a bit too long. You know, like you set up, there's something going on. Like, let's get to it a little. Because uh, this is a fantasy movie masquerading as a different kind of fantasy. And if there weren't similar movies recently, if this didn't just drag it out a bit, it'd be a lot more. Because, I mean, going in, you kind of know this a twist. Uh, the actors are really good in it. But, and you know, the funny thing too, like I knew there's a twist and as long as I waited for it, I still thought the ending was a bit rushed. Like this, like kind of in the last few scenes, this presents you know, an idea. I'm like, oh, that idea is actually really cool. But, oh, the character's on the run. So we're running, running to the final scene. So I don't have time for that. So it's just funny, the movie that felt a little long rushes. Uh, would I recommend it? It just kind of, you know, it's a neat movie. I like its ambition. What it executes, uh, not as great. Uh, performances are solid. I mean, Chris Pine plays kind of the big boss. Chris Pine is great in, you know, you, I, you could almost make the argument that it is worth seeing this just to see him because he is awesome. And I also watched Casino. I had seen Casino before. This is Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, and you all, Casino and Goodfellas are often compared because they, Casino didn't both, or Scorsese didn't both in the early 90s. So they are often compared. And, you know, the general consensus of the world is that Goodfellas is better. And yeah, I'd seen both these movies a long time ago. I'd kind of like Casino more. I recently watched Goodfellas. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to watch Casino as well and kind of get like a final judgment on which movie is better. Like, I definitely recommend Casino. I mean, it is great. You know, Scorsese, I don't know if I'd say it is peak. I mean, Raging Bull probably is peak, but I mean, definitely, you know, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Casino, like he, dude was on a, though my favorite movie of his might be The Departed. I love The Departed. It's just something about it. You, know, you can't deny the artistic merit of his other movies. So Casino, it's set in Vegas and it's a little bit of history. And I think that's why I'll be honest. I like Casino more than Goodfellas. I will also say that Goodfellas is the better movie. Like technically, uh, it's the better movie. It's made better. You know, everything kind of works better. But I like Casino more. And I think a big part of that is that it's a lot of history. This traffic's in history, the history of Vegas, how it was built, how it was run. And there's a lot of voiceover, way more voiceover than I remember. And I generally don't like voiceover in movies. Most of the time, movies do it stupidly where they're, you know, you see the car, the guy running on the screen. It's like, yeah, this is Bob running. Bob's getting in the car. You see Bob getting, like, the voiceover needs to add something. So this, well, the way this is a history of Vegas and it's up, why the voiceover, it really kind of feels like, almost like a book or some kind of novels, this epic thing where, you know, there's one thing on the screen, there's a voiceover, which is telling you something else. And it almost kind of like shortcuts the setup for this. Like, you know, we get a quick voiceover, like, hey, this is this guy. This is what he does. This is why he's here. And we're seeing him in Vegas. And so it gives us that little bit of background. Uh, it's just a very sprawling, epic story. And that voiceover makes it feel almost like a book. Like it is that huge. And it feels like somebody's reading excerpts from Las Vegas' history while, you know, it's like catching up with what I like that. And, you know, with the source material, this was going to be a book. Uh, I think a journalist was going to write a book about Vegas. She's like, hey, how about you like make this movie first and worry, worry about your book later? Very fascinating world. Like this takes us inside Vegas and I love it. And yeah, I do think like Goodfellas is a better movie just in, you know, like the direction and the mood and what it achieves, certainly. Uh, and what helps Goodfellas too is it came out first. Like it kind of set the stage, kind of, it set the stage for Scorsese and his gangster movies. 
And a lot of people, when this came out, felt like, oh, this is, of course, they're doing another gangster. gangster. And so I think that is kind of hurts this movie, just the perception of it that way. But I, I do like it better. But I do think Goodfellas is like a better movie. Like it's better made and achieves more. But I like it. It's just a great movie. I, I like it a lot. A lot of fun. Like one of those you've got to see. You've got to see Casino. You need to see Goodfellas. You need to see Raging. Scorsese's made a bunch of movies you've got to see. And, you know, he's done a lot of that with the gangster. You know what? He's good at it. What was that movie he did a, couple, a year or two ago? Oh my gosh, that's going to drive me crazy. Was it? It's like some big deal because they had all that anti aging technology. Like Pesci came out of retirement for it. Hold on. Oh. It was the Irishman that came out. Wow, that came out more than a couple years ago. That's 2019. I'd forgotten that came out so long ago. You know, Scorsese does. He does the gangster movies. I actually, you know, Irishman was long. I never thought it was boring. A bit of a disappointment, you know. Like, but it's almost like set, uh, set up to fail because you know Scorsese and De Niro and Pesci and they're all coming back for this movie, this big thing. And yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's just kind of this gangster what Scorsese's done before. I did think the movie got better as it went along. I thought, uh, you know, like all the pieces, once you kind of see all the pieces fit, it was better. And the length allows it to create a little bit more of an interest. But, you know, I thought the nearest performance, thought that was disappointing. You know, like the de-aging, like this, like, oh, you got to check this de-aging. Like, eh, it wasn't that great. I don't know. You know, just, again, it's hard to And this, I think, just build up to it. Netflix wanted it to be such a big thing. It just didn't. Again, not bad. I'd recommend you watch it. But I don't know if it's like one of those, you got to see these things, like some other Scorsese other things. He's got so many movies, and I don't think that one's quite it. And then one other movie I watched, and it's such a conundrum. I, I, I don't know what to think about this movie. I mean, I, I watched the whole thing. Uh, it's The Monsters. The, I didn't even know this would come out. Somebody told me about it. The 2022 The Monsters, directed by Rob Zombie. And I've seen some of Rob Zombie's other movies. Like, he directs these really, like, rough horror movies. Well, how's Monsters? He's going to, like, are they going to be killing killing people or something? Like, what happens there? So I was curious. I watched the trailer. And I watched it and I thought, what is this going to be? Started watching the movie. And I asked myself, what is this going to be? Throughout the movie, I just kept asking myself, what is this? What is this? What are they trying to do? What am I supposed to be getting out of this? What is this? And it ended, and I still asked, what is this? Because I don't know. I don't know if this I don't know if this movie is making a joke. I don't know if this movie is a joke. It could kind of go either way. And I really wish this I mean, I think it's really just kinda like a Rob Zombie's like, hey, what if I made the monster in the modern day? Like I think that's kind of his thing. But I, I wish it was a little bit more probing and like, you know, this is why the monsters like I, I wish the point this movie is making is like this is why a show like The Monsters, like that a TV show like that just can't exist in like modern television, the modern television cultures with like what the audience wants. Because it, I, I don't think the monsters could work in modern television. I don't. And I wish this like probably like this is why. Because I, I mean like the movie is very ridiculous. Like everything about it is very ridiculous, but I don't think the movie's trying to make the point like this is ridiculous, this is why this show wouldn't work today. I think just like Robin Zone saying, like, yeah, this show is ridiculous and it'd be ridiculous today. And like this is I it's I never it never felt like the movie was in I mean, this movie. Like, the colors are very vibrant, very vivid. It almost looks cartoony. And, like, I think Rob Zombie even said, like, he felt like he was in a cartoon. And, like, with the colors, yeah, you were. This starts, it starts with, like, the very well-told story of, you know, the doctor creating a uh, a living body from corpses. You know, the kind of the Dr. Frankenstein story. He creates Frankenstein's monster, and that is his Herman. But it starts out, and I felt like I, it was, a, like, period piece, like, 30s or 40s, like, some older time. And then I see this camera. It's like, well, that that can't be from that time period. Like, it's anachronistic. And there's a lot of this movie. There's a lot in this it's anachronistic. And like, I almost don't even think that's the joke. Like, it should be, but I don't think it's intent. And that's just so what so weird about this movie. Like, I don't know what the intention is. I mean, I, I think it's just kind of like a straight remake of the monsters. I mean, what it is? It's, it's a prequel. You know, it's before it's before uh, Herman and Lily got married. It kind of bridges the gap from Herman's creation. I don't know. Like, we see so much of that, and the doctor and his assistant. And it is so campy, so over the top. I mean, like, these actors, they are overacting, like, their hearts out. Uh, and we get a lot of screen time with them. 
which is strange since they really don't matter. And Herman has a, a, a musical career, which just seems strange, silly. And that's why it feels like a joke. Like, either you don't know, like they're a joke. Like, the movie, I've just, it's funny, like, this, mo- this movie, I've been thinking about it for a few days after I've seen it, because I just, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out, and I don't know. But I, I think, ultimately, like, this is Rob Zombie's take on it. He's like, this what I think it would be in the modern day. And downfall of this movie is that this show would not work with, like, Poke a little fun. Why? Like, we know. Too ridiculous. Uh, and, because I... If, if this was not, if the Monsters TV show, if I didn't know that was a, at all, white from, I would say, oh, this movie's a parody. Like, it's a parody of Monster how they try to be so dramatic, but stupid. Because it's, you know, like some of your 80 slashers, like the acting's terrible, like everything's at the top. And, and this is that. Uh, but it just, it never felt like he was like, oh, yeah, this is the joke. I felt like the movie straight. So that's the Monsters. It is, it's, I mean, I'm not sure I'd recommend it, but I also wouldn't say skip it. Like, it's just a puzzling thing. Because so often, like a bad movie, we well, you know the movie's bad because you can see how it fell short so many years. Like, Oh, like, yeah, they just missed the, they didn't achieve this. And this movie, I think this movie achieved everything it set out to do. I'm just not sure its goals were very long. The monsters. I don't, strange, such a strange. I will talk to you next week, and you can count on that. This has been another rousing episode of Fridays on the Fly. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Ward. Go to our website, fridaysonthefly.com. From there, you can find everything. Episodes, iTunes links, Stitcher, whatever you need from Fridays on the Fly, you can find it there. So go there, check us out. <laughs>